So we are all in different spots. It looks like we're in different spots when it comes to the kinds of technology we use or have the, have the access to right now. We're at varying places. Some of you guys have more, more access to certain technology than others. Um, but no matter where you land, as far as your interaction with technology, I think we can all agree that technology is pretty legit, right? Technology is a great thing. Just look at all the stuff that you guys came up with. Spreading 80s music, right? There we go. Spreading love, donating money. Yeah, Cash App. That's such a useful, useful app. Right? There's, so, there's all these different things that technology does. It, it has a big impact. It gives us access to, many, to people who are far away. It gives us like, the ability. Think of this. Like, you plan a trip. There used to be like, travel. There used to be like, travel agencies. I, I know there still are. But like, is there really a use for travel agencies these days? No. You travel your own trip. You go, like, you go I want to see this. I want to see that. You book your plane. You book your Airbnb. Um, if you're a millennial, you book Airbnb. Our, genera- our parents' generation is more about hotels, right? But you can get it all. You can get it. You just walk. There you go. All the way to Hawaii, across the ocean. That's, my, that's what I'm talking about. There's tons of opportunities. When it comes to technology, there's tons of opportunities at our fingertips. Uh, my own life has been very, like, very positively impacted by technology. Specifically, specifically Google, Google Maps. I am, I am the best use for technology now. So the word cloud is crushing it. So personally, Google Maps uh, has been very useful in my life recently because, because you can enter multiple locations. So if I'm going to pick my friend up from if, I'm go, if I have to like go grocery shopping and then pick my friend up from the airport and I'm curious if I have enough time to go, to go get grocery and get Taco Bell and then go to the airport, I can actually enter three locations into Google Maps. And I think that Google Maps, for that reason, is like, why, why can't Apple do that? Come on, be able to add a stop. There's also, Google Maps does this really cool thing you can, I just found out the other day, you can actually type in a place that you want to go and then you can type in a time of day and it will give you like the projected travel. Like, you know, when you look it up, you can see instantly how long it will take. If you go to Google Maps, you enter like tomorrow, I want to go to Taco Bell at three o'clock. It'll project the traffic for you. So you'll know like, oh, three o'clock tomorrow, it'll take about this long. Because sometimes when you're looking up how long it will take to get to Taco Bell at midnight, traffic's really good. When you want to go at three in the afternoon, traffic's terrible. So uh, it really comes down to me getting to Taco Bell, Google Maps helping me out with that. Uh, There's also, there's an app I use called Slow Bar Coffee. And uh, it's an app that lets me know how to make all different kinds of coffee through all different sorts of brew methods. Like um, there's something called an AeroPress, which is kind of like, it's like those squirt guns that you fill up like this and shoot, but it's a coffee version. There's like Chemex pour overs. I get to look up like all the different, there's water and bean ratios and it gives me all the different formulas so I know how to make coffee. I use that app all the time. I think it's pretty safe to say that access to technology has made our lives better. But I also think it's fair to say that access to technology has made our lives a bit more complicated. That's what I wanna talk about tonight. So let me get into this. 
There's no easy way to get from menti to the lesson. So here it, here it is. So um, technology has made our lives better and easier in so many ways. Technology has also made our lives a lot more complicated. Think about it, right? Te- sure, technology is awesome when you're using it for a research paper, but has anyone had your computer crash in the middle of your research paper? Or does anyone leave their documents untitled like me and then you lose it all, right? Uh, not so great. Technology can be a lot of fun when you're on Instagram sharing or Instagram or TikTok and you're sharing what you're doing with friends. Um, but like on Instagram, you, you can share what you did that weekend, but it's not so fun when you get on and you see the party or, the, or like the hangout that you missed out on, right? That's not so fun. You hop on, you, you feel terrible, like that you weren't invited. Technology isn't so bad when you're innocently like following like cute animal memes and then all of a sudden you land on a page that's R-rated. A little awkward, right? Um, when you're clicking and then all of a sudden, yikes, you're in a place you didn't want to be. So um, we're in the middle of a series called None of Your Business. And, the, and if you're just joining us for the first time tonight, um, in this series we've been talking about something that makes middle schoolers and probably a lot of people, it's like a topic that people would be like, oh really, you talk about that at church? But we've been talking about sex. And like we said last week, sex is actually um, a really good and powerful thing that God created. Um, it's, and just to affirm you guys, sexual thoughts, desires, acts are totally normal. God designed, God designed parts of being human. That, that God gave sex to humanity as a gift. And um, these are all good things. They, when we follow God's plan for them, And because of that, we want to be sure to have this conversation to make sure that all of us understand what it looks like to use sex in a way that honors God. So here's the deal. Some of you have, um, you've never been in a situation where you've had to decide what you're going to do when it comes to sex. You might be grossed out or uncomfortable with the idea of it. You might feel like you're just trying to understand it. And because of all of that, um, like it's easy for a lot of middle schoolers to not want to talk about something like sex. It's easy for you to tune out and think it doesn't apply to you right now. Um, But I've got news. It does apply. It applies to you because sex is about so much more than just the physical act. Uh, That's why this conversation applies to everybody in this room. Even if you're not actually having sex, you you may still be having thoughts, desires, and questions about sex. And some of you may even be coming across sexual things when you use technology. In fact, I think sex, oh, I already said that. One of the biggest ways that sex can show up in all of our lives is through technology. I think this is one of the biggest ways it can show up. Technology uh, has a way of giving us access to a lot of things related to sex. And sometimes it's, it's without even looking for it. Those not so appropriate photos that showed up on your explore page on Instagram, right? The, the dreaded like search search uh, magnifying glass, you go there, you're like, oh, come on. There's um, those nude videos or pictures that someone sent you over Snapchat, those videos you stumbled upon on YouTube, the show on Netflix with that one scene that you had no idea would be there. Uh, Those super sexualized, like really awkward advertisements that are on some websites. Um, Sometimes we go looking for it ourselves because we're curious. And other times it just has a way of finding us right? It exposes us to sex in ways that we just aren't prepared for. And so, um, 
here's kind of what I here's kind of what I'm talking about is is that sometimes without even realizing it we use our computers and phones as like a shield to hide behind if you can picture a shield um, and we pick up our phones we get on social media or our laptop suddenly we have a shield uh, it makes us feel like we're experiencing what we're experiencing through technology isn't real life that behind the shield we can do or say or act in ways that we wouldn't act in our everyday lives with our technology shield up right with our shield up we can send message on snapchat asking for a photo that we'd never ask for in person we can send someone a dm on instagram using words that we would definitely never say to their face uh, we can post a photo of ourselves or or pose in an outfit that we think will get us the most comments something that we would never like wear in public or or do in public for some reason it feels like when we're online that we've got a shield of protection something to protect us that is that it feels like what happens online isn't real and that what we do on screens doesn't actually apply to reality um and because of this it doesn't feel like real life we don't take it seriously we don't think that rules about sex or sexuality apply there but here's the problem with it you guys Technology has a way of making us believe that we can act in ways behind our screens that we'd never act in real life. Um, but the truth is, is that it is real life. What we do behind our screens is real life. This shield that we think that we have to protect us isn't real. They, that your online presence isn't just through technology. It doesn't, it doesn't protect you from the, from the things of this world. It actually is real life. Um, just because you aren't face-to-face -face with people on the other side of the screen doesn't mean that it's any less powerful. Because the truth is, is that what happens on the screen doesn't stay on the screen, right? It's not, it's not like a what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas thing. What happens on the screen is real life. Who you are on a screen is part of the real you. And what happens on screen is real. That shield that you thought you had, the shield that you thought you had doesn't actually exist and because of that, how you use technology has the potential to impact you in your real life, especially when it comes to sex, especially in this area. Sometimes technology tempts us to act in ways we wouldn't normally act. And even though you aren't actually a part of a sexual activity with, with another person, the way that you use technology may be opening the door for you to, to engage with sex in a way that isn't really healthy or a part of God's plan. And trust me, even if you don't think it will affect you, it still will. So some of you in the room, you might be thinking right now, uh, how do you really, how do you know any of this? Like the Bible doesn't say anything about what I can and can't post or what I can and can't text or comment. And I'd say technically you're right. Technically the Bible doesn't say anything about um, what you DM somebody or, or what you text someone. Um, it doesn't have, the Bible doesn't talk about Netflix um, but I do believe that just because the Bible doesn't have anything to say about the technology available to us today doesn't mean that it doesn't have wisdom to offer us when it comes to understanding and following God's plan for sex and, and technology. So even though they weren't writing about things like social media or with computers in mind, we can trust that the writers of scripture were writing to us in our day right now. They were actually writing to, to people alive in 2020. In fact, the Apostle Paul, one of the earliest Christians, Christian church leaders, wrote something that's true for us 
even if he didn't know about phones when he wrote it. It says this, run from sexual sin, no other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. Paul obviously took sex super seriously, but notice that he didn't say run from sex. Instead, he said run from sexual sin. I think this is really important to remember because like we said last week, sex is good. And it's created for, sex was made to exist in the context of a marriage between a man and a woman and the power and consequences of going against this are potentially very damaging. And that's why when it comes to, to sexual sin, um, Paul says that we need to begin running away from it. Paul uses the word also here that like we don't say a lot in our day and age, like no one says immorality a bunch. Like um, no one says immorality all the time, but Im- sexual immorality, Paul brings this whole idea up here, which means more than just sex. Sexual immorality is when sex is used in any way that's different than the way it was designed. It was designed by God to be something that isn't shameful. It was designed to be between, be between a man and a woman in the context of marriage so that they could know each other completely. So anything that goes against this design is sexual immorality. That means crossing physical boundaries in your dating relationships, watching things on TV or on the internet that you know you shouldn't, things that that you do to yourself, things that you do alone in your room. All of these things are sexual immorality. And here's the point. Sexual sin and sexual immorality are about so much more than sex itself. Paul told us to run from it because he knew sex used in the wrong way would hurt ourselves and hurt others. And yes, this includes, this isn't limited to, but it includes sex access through technology. You see, what's dangerous about technology is that it gives us the opportunity to to talk about, get noticed for, or even push the boundaries with sexual things without actually having sex. And that can make it seem like not a big deal because it's not actual sex with a person in real life. It can feel like like you've found a loophole. Uh, that, you can, that you can somehow in this virtual war, world play with fire without getting burned. It feels less dangerous, almost like it's a free pass. And it's a way to get around this whole sexual sin thing that Paul's talking about. But according to Paul, that's not the case. In fact, sexual immorality can be really dangerous. It doesn't get you off the hook at all. It still opens the door for, for, for sex to be used in a way that God didn't intend, in a way that that is not God's very best for you. See, when Paul talked about sexual morality, he, he also talked about it as sexual sin. And sin basically means not following God's design for your life. Uh, and that means when we use sex outside of God's intention for it, we're missing out on God's best. We're missing out for this perfect plan that he has for humanity. And I think that's why that this passage says something like, "Be care-. It, it doesn't say... This passage doesn't say, be careful when it comes to sexual sin. It doesn't say, Paul literally says, run, right? He says, because, because of this, Paul, Paul knew that sex was powerful and that we can be fooled into thinking it's less powerful in some situations, right? We can be fooled into thinking, oh, it's not really as powerful as we would think. That it's not a big deal, that following God's plan isn't so bad, um, 
But it is a big deal both in real life and also in technology. It can lead to hurt and pain in both you and the other person, either right now or later. If Paul wrote this today with technology in mind, here's, here's something I think he might say, something a little bit like this. He might say, run from the desire to post that Instagram picture that draws attention to you sexually. Run from the temptation to leave that sexual comment on someone else's post. Run from the message asking you for photos or videos that are sexual in nature. Run from, the, run from sending those messages. Now let me make something really clear for you guys. If you've received sexual photos or videos or, or words that you didn't ask for, um, you aren't sinning sexually. You aren't responsible for other people's actions or words. And you aren't sinning sexually when you get texted an unwanted photo or accidentally click on a pornographic video or happen to read a comment that is definitely R-rated. You are only held responsible for what you do with those things after you receive them, right? If you do receive those things or those things, you do stumble into those things, you are then responsible for whether you delete the photos or, or videos or or if you forward them to your friends, or if you secretly save them, what you do with them determines whether you're following God's plan for sex or not. So remember, run from anything that invites sexual things into your life in a way that God did not intend for you. And sometimes that includes technology. You see, just like sex, just like we said last week, sex is good, sex is powerful. The same is true for technology. Technology is good, and technology is powerful. It's an amazing invention that we can use to do tons of awesome things. It makes our lives so much easier in so many ways, right? I just went to uh, Disney Disney and did Space Mountain for the first time, right? That That was like Walt Disney's dream is how can we use technology to make people's lives better? And a lot of that stuff's come true. Our life has become better in many ways because of technology. Um, it's opened things, opened up the possibility to connect with people all over the world. It's um, been really, for, for you guys as middle schoolers, the truth is, is that technology has the potential to be really freeing, like to give you some independence because the truth is you don't have your licenses yet. Um, those kinds of things that can give you, um, you you're, you're mostly dependent on your parents, you're, you're on your parents. So technology provides a way to make your world a little bit bigger when it's used the right way. But it also has the ability and has the power to open us up to some hurtful things, um, to sexual things that can hurt both ourselves and other people. That's why it's important to learn how to honor God's intention for sex, even in the digital world. That's why we bring this up tonight. Now, I want you guys to remember these things, these two things. First one being, what happens online is real life. What happens online is real life. Just because you're behind a screen doesn't mean your words or actions have any less power. Don't let the screen trick you into thinking that, that you aren't impacting yourself or someone else negatively, when it comes, when, especially when it comes to sex, because what happens online doesn't stay online. The next thing I want you guys to remember is this. We really have to be responsible to, we have to be responsible to pause and ask why. We need to ask why. Why am I about to post this picture? Why do I want to write this comment? Why am I going to send this message? If I don't get the reaction or the response I wanted, how am I going to feel? Why? Before you do whatever it is, stop and consider your intention behind it 
Is it to get attention for yourself? To hurt someone else? To give into your curiosity? Whatever the answer is, if it doesn't treat yourself or someone else um, the way that God intended for it to be when it comes to sex, then pause and ask, your, ask yourself. Reconsider before you, before you act. We, we have to run all of these things when it comes to online. And if right now, if you've been like checked out, you're like, I'm not, I'm not online ever. Like I don't have any of these tools or technology available to me. The truth is, is that one day, one day you will have the technology available. So when that day comes for you, if it's not now, run these things through a filter. Run all of these things through a filter in your head. Ask yourself things um, about why you're doing things or posting things online and ask yourself this question. Do I want to keep this from secret? Do I want to keep this secret from people in my real life? If you're doing something online and, and you're like, I want to keep this secret from people in my real life, if the answer is yes, you probably need to stop right there and run the other way, right? Because anything that we keep secret from people in our lives whose opinions really matter, our, our parents, our friends, our small group leaders, if you're like, I wouldn't want my teachers or coaches to see this, um, those things probably aren't God's best for us. And while they don't need to be everybody's business, they do need to be somebody's business, someone who can help, you, help encourage you to avoid sexual temptation, to live in secret behind a screen, and, and instead encourage you to live God's best for you when it comes to sex. So to kind of land tonight, I just want to re- reiterate the point. Technology is good and it's powerful, Um, as you head to small group, as you head to small group, I want you guys to consider this question. Uh, That's from last week. Didn't do my last slide. As you head to small group, consider this one question. What is one way that technology might not be good for me? What's one way that technology might not be good for me? Um, Let me pray for us and then head to small group.